Hello and welcome back to She Dynasty. Today we are going to be doing something very, very different and I'm super excited to tell you about it. As you know, I love to be taken out of my comfort zone and that's exactly what we're doing today. First, I'm gonna tell you a little story. About a year and a half ago, a friend of mine recommended a podcast to me called Modern Love and I quickly became a huge fan. It's a podcast where everyday people submit modern love stories and famous actors or actresses read them. The essays are all true stories, which is part of what makes the podcast so, so great. Each episode was remarkably unique. Some would make me laugh and some would make me cry. And so I decided that I had a great story and I wanted to try and write an essay and submit it and see if I could get it to be chosen. The story that I wanted to tell was a very true and personal story that really helped define my future and a big part of who I am today. So I obsessed over this essay and I wrote many, many drafts. I was on a mission to get it chosen. I'll never forget the day that I finished it and submitted it. I was so nervous to hit the send button, but I did and all I could do was wait. So four months passed and all of a sudden I got an email back. They politely rejected it. I got to tell you, I was super bummed to get that response. I really didn't expect a rejection and when I got it, I didn't really know what to do with it. So even though it was a small one, I considered this a snag. And you all know how I feel about snags. Anytime I hit one, I like to try to find a way to overcome it. And for the moment, I kind of tabled it, but I knew that somehow, some way, I would figure out how to get my essay read publicly. So here I am a year and a half later, and I had a spark of an idea. Since it's not in my nature to give up, I realized... I have now built my own platform and I have an awesome audience who's very engaged and I thought it might be nice for me to read my personal essay to you and get your feedback and see what you think. So here's the best part about this. In the spirit of women supporting women, we are going to open this up because we want to hear your personal essays read on She Dynasty. So we are officially launching the She Will Overcome Essay Challenge. If you're interested in entering your personal essay, wait till the end of my story to hear all the details about how to do it. So here we go with my personal essay titled Dentistry or Destiny. I left work early that day to get home and get ready for my date with Mark. As I opened the door, I noticed that the mail had been carelessly slipped through the slot by the mailman and was now scattered all over the hardwood floor. I carefully picked it all up and began to sift through it. $10 off dry cleaning, a thank you note from Jennifer and Matt's wedding, a doctor bill, gas bill, credit card bill, car registration renewal notice. And then there it was. The dreadful postcard we all get once a year. The time had come for my annual dental checkup. The whimsical illustration of the dancing tooth with shifty eyes on the front of the card tried its very best to make it seem like it was inviting me to attend a truly enjoyable experience. But I knew better. Just the thought of those dreadful metal tools scraping against my teeth made me cringe. But this time, my anxiety for the routine visit ran much deeper than normal. This postcard was from Dr. Michael Cosden, DDS, his very best friend. 
It was the first time in over a year and a half that I had any sort of contact with someone from my ex-boyfriend's camp. Just holding the postcard, I could feel his energy channeling through the cardstock, up my arm, and straight into my soul. I quivered. Flashbacks of him breaking up with me that day replayed over and over again in my mind. Josh and I had finally decided to move in together after three years of dating and two big breakups. We were so great together, and I so wanted him to be the one I spent the rest of my life with. But he always had an acute case of what I called GGS, Greener Grass Syndrome, which made it extremely difficult for him to commit to me. As he unpacked the last box and threw down his musty old pillow on my bed, he lethargically collapsed face forward into it. I could tell something was terribly wrong. Slowly, I started to realize that this new beginning for us was really the end, again. This was just way too big of a step for him, and as much as he wanted to be, he just wasn't ready. The next day, he decided it was all a mistake. He packed up his belongings, and just before he drove away, I looked him in the eye with all of my strength and made him promise that he would never ever contact me again. This time, it had to be over forever. Under his breath, he quietly and solemnly agreed. I knew that my heart just wasn't strong enough to endure his commitment phobia any longer. Every time we had broken up in the past, he'd always find his way back to me. Josh knew that I was serious this time. And in that moment... He realized that even though he didn't love me enough to be with me, he did love me enough to respect my final request. Heartbroken, yes. But this time, it felt different. Surreal. The countless weeks of sobbing and pain from the two previous breakups had dismantled my ability to cry anymore. I slid down the wall in my foyer and gazed at that reminder postcard from the dentist for what seemed like hours. It felt like an open window back into Josh's life with a gentle breeze inviting me to climb in. A single tear ran down my face. I quickly wiped it away as to not invite any others to join. Back to reality, I had sat there for so long staring at the postcard that I didn't realize that I was already late for my date with Mark. Just before I left my house, I tucked the dental postcard into the corner of my bathroom mirror. For the next three weeks, I would look at my reflection every morning only to catch the dancing tooth staring right back at me. The last year and a half since the breakup seemed like an obscure routine of me breathing in and out, then repeating the exercise. That was until I met Mark. He was different. Mark was dashingly handsome, kind, smart, generous, and he had a killer job as an investment banker. On paper, Mark was perfect. There was only one thing wrong with him. He wasn't Josh. On my drive home from Mark's house that night, sadness overcame me. Maybe with more time, I could learn to love Mark the same way I loved Josh. Yet I didn't understand why Josh couldn't see that I was his girl. 
The next morning, I called the dentist office. Sophie, Dr. Cosden's gossipy receptionist, who I'd gotten to know over the years, answered the phone. I could tell she was surprised to hear from me. She knew Josh and I were broken up and that Cosden's office was his turf. Monday, April 23rd, 2 p.m., all confirmed, Valerie, she said. I didn't dare tell my two best friends or family what I had just done. Josh was now considered the plague. After countless months of therapy from them and a licensed professional, I had finally moved on, or at least I had pretended to. On April 23rd, the day of the appointment, I woke up feeling lightheaded. I called Sophie the receptionist twice trying to cancel. Each time she'd put me on hold, I would hang up after regaining my confidence. I finally decided to go and that I had to look good, really good. It was important that a positive report went back to Josh. After hours of agonizing over the perfect outfit, a haircut, blow dry, and a visit to the local mall where I had my makeup done, I arrived almost 45 minutes early and sat outside in my car just trying to breathe normally. At 2.12 p.m., I walked in as to not seem to be so eager. Sophie was chatty as always, looking me up and down suspiciously. She knew exactly why I was there. Sophie asked me to take a seat in the waiting room, and I began to flip through a magazine to pass the time. I couldn't focus on any of the words. I was so nervous. Suddenly, I heard Dr. Cosden's voice boom from behind the door. Because he and Josh were so close and had grown up together, his inflections and laugh sounded so similar. A lump developed in my throat. I so wanted to sneak out before I made a complete fool of myself. I grabbed my purse and started to make a beeline for the door. But just before I could escape, I heard, Valerie, wow, what are you doing here? I turned around and mortified. I answered in a shaky voice. Um, I got a postcard in the mail and I was due for my annual checkup. Playing along with my stupid logic, Dr. Cosden said, of course, come in. You look great. It was too late to turn back. At that moment, I realized that Dr. Cosden had no idea that I was coming in today. Cosden, or Cause for short, and I used to be best buddies, but now he was acting cordial and distant. He made small talk, never a hint or mention of his best friend, yet I felt Josh more than ever at this specific moment. I was angry at myself because I hadn't thought through what I wanted the outcome of this visit to be. In that moment, I felt like a junkie just looking for my next Josh fix. The silence soon became thick it made me think Josh was probably happily engaged to some hot blonde, and Dr. Cosin just didn't know how to break the news to me. I held back the tears and did my best to act normal. It felt as if the elephant was not only in the room, but it had brought its whole family too. I was so relieved to finally get my parting gifts of mini dental floss and sample-sized toothpaste I ran out of there and got into my car and erupted into tears. Sobbing like a baby, my makeup ran down my face and dripped onto my white jeans. Why did I come here? I had taken 10 steps forward before that stupid reminder postcard came, and now I was back at square one. 
The pain was unbearable. Josh was my guy. Why didn't he see it? We were so perfect together. As I picked up my cell phone to call my best friend Tanya to confess what I had just done, I was startled by a knock at my passenger window. It was Dr. Cosden. I froze. He had followed me to my car. What did he want? I glanced in my rearview mirror to see that my black mascara had streaked down to my chin. I tried to lock the door, but he opened it before I could. Can I get in? He asked. I couldn't even look at him. I was crying so hard. Valerie, why are you really here? He asked quietly after he got into my car. He closed the door and took a deep breath and just let me cry for the next five minutes. I finally began to speak through my weeping. I'm sorry I shouldn't have come. I really don't know why I'm here today. He interrupted me and said, I can't believe that you came today of all days. It's just so weird. I looked up at him, not understanding. I couldn't help myself, I mumbled. Valerie, listen to me, he paused as he struggled for the right words. I wasn't going to say anything, but I feel like you're here for a reason. And it's my obligation to tell you that Josh messed up big time. He's still completely in love with you. My stomach dropped. Just last night, out of the blue, after not mentioning you for over a year, he asked me if he could come over to talk. He sounded really depressed and down. I told him, of course, come over. As soon as he got to my house, he plopped down on my couch, looking totally defeated. I saw his eyes start to water. He said, cause, I screwed up. I screwed up big time. I lost Valerie, he continued. The best thing that ever happened to me. He explained that he felt totally lost and incomplete without you. I told him to call you, and he said, dude, I can't. I promised her I'd never call her again. So with him calling me last night and you showing up here today, I felt this must be more than just a coincidence. Valerie, he said, this whole thing just makes me believe in what's meant to be. I was stunned. At that moment, Cause reached down and grabbed a piece of paper out of a notebook and a pen from the floor of my messy car and proceeded to write down Josh's new cell phone number. He won't call you, Valerie. Remember, he promised. He folded the paper, handed it to me, and got out, slamming the car door behind him. Wait, what? What did he just say? This man nearly destroyed me three times. Three breakups. He was sure to do it again. I had lost all faith in him. Yet Josh was still my everything. I sat in my car and stared at his phone number. But soon this slip of paper would replace the postcard on my mirror tormenting me every single day. Maybe it was destiny that I got that reminder postcard from the dentist that day. Josh loved me enough not to call. The bigger question though was, did I love myself enough not to call him?
Well, that's it. That's the end of my essay. I hope you enjoyed my very personal story. So I have a special treat for everyone. For the first time ever in the history of Xi Dynasty, I actually am going to be putting a man on Xi Dynasty. And no, it's not Josh. It's actually Dr. Cosden, Dr. Michael Cosden. Hello, Mike. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. Very honored to be the first male voice in the Xi Dynasty. I know. It's a kind of a big deal. So you were a huge, huge part of this story and a big um, inspiration for me writing this. And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening um, are kind of dying to understand what happened. But before we get there, um, tell me a little bit about your um, relationship with Josh. Well, Josh is one of my best friends, was the best man at my wedding and is a brother from another mother to me. We just have a lot of similar interests and um, we just get each other. So you guys have been friends for a really long time. Many, many years. Yes. Yeah. So I remember that day so, so clearly, and I'm so embarrassed to even tell you this, but I woke up really early. I got my hair and makeup done. I got to the appointment way sooner than I was supposed to. And I'm just really curious to know what you thought when you first saw me and for the whole time that I was there. Well, I would, you know, I was shocked to see you first of all, and I was even more shocked because I had talked to Josh the night before. He had come over to my house, and started talking about you. And he is not one to unsolicitedly talk about and his share feelings. his feelings. Yeah, yeah. and um, it was just very surreal. It was almost like it was like a TV show, and there was going to camera was right. going to come out and say something. Right. And so, what did he tell you that night? He really expressed regret and um, sadness that you, you know, he missed you a lot and um, he was struggling with it. And I, I, you know, I gathered he was probably struggling with it longer than that night. And he finally, it just came to a head and he needed to talk to me about it. Right. So it was just weird that I was there the very next day. Very weird. I mean, those things happen in life. You know, you'll think of someone and they'll call you. You haven't talked to them in years. And it was one of those moments. Right. And so the whole time that you were working on my teeth, were you like, should I tell her? Should I not? Like, why were you thinking that you weren't going to tell me? Well, I really wanted to talk to you and tell you uh, about Josh and I's conversation the night before. And um, but I also didn't want to expose you to getting hurt again and starting that whole right. process over again. Because you knew that Josh had GGS. We both had GGS. <laughs> <laughs> we coined that phrase together. <laughs> I think so. Um, but you both outgrew it. So that's really nice. We did. Um, yeah. So thank God. <laughs> so I left. I was like mortified. I remember being there being like, oh, what did I do? What did I do? Why am I here? It felt so silly when I was there. Um, and then I remember leaving and getting in my car and all of a sudden you knocking on my window. What made you come outside? I wanted to talk to you and have this conversation in the office and my I stopped myself and I thought about it after you left and I just, you know, I had to run out there. You know, I would would have never been able to live with myself if I at least didn't tell you what had happened because it was just too surreal. The fact that we had talked about you the previous night and then here you are in my office. Right. It was like meant to be. It, it was. And I presume you made that appointment, you know, a few weeks before or I something. Did, I yeah. Did. Yeah. So, so it was just kind of really weird fate. Yeah, it was. And I really, you know, because you've always been a friend to me. And um, I kind of had to just go out there and run after you and tell you what was going on. Right. I didn't expect it. I was shocked that you told me that Josh still had feelings for me. 
So I guess the one question that everyone is dying to know is what happened with me and Josh in the end? Did we end up together? So Cause, why don't you tell everybody how we ended up? Well, I'm proud to say I was Josh's best man in your wedding. For those of you who are wondering, Josh and I are happily married. And I think that's it. And I think, you know, um, Cause, you're one of the, the reasons that happened. So even though um, I kind of took a big gamble on Josh, it, it paid off. And I'm glad I took a gamble and ran after you. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you again. Thank you for having me. I really hope you enjoyed my personal story. This is a really nice break for me from all of the professional talk. And now I'm so ready to hear yours. The criteria is simple. We're looking for creatively written essays that have to do with overcoming life's challenges, or as I like to call them, snags in your life. The essay must be a true story. It does not have to be love-related. It can be work-related, friend-related, or just life-related. We just want them to be personal, inspiring, and beautifully written. You can tell us how things ended, or you can also leave it as a cliffhanger. The ending is up to you. You can make us laugh, you can make us cry, but what we care about most is hearing about part of your journey. Some other criteria that your essay has to meet is that it has to be 1,700 words or less. Give it a fun or creative title. If you're interested in submitting, please email your essay to info at shedynasty.com and in the title of the email, please call it the She Will Overcome Essay Challenge. So good luck. This is a way for me to inspire you to never give up when something's important to you. I always like to find another way. And so it looks like I have, and I'm super excited to read your essays. Also, if you're enjoying the She Dynasty podcast, please subscribe and leave your comments and reviews. Thank you so much for listening.